and welcome to this first episode of the Brawl Property Group podcast. Now, we're going to offer you an exciting lineup on this channel. In the upcoming weeks, we'll feature and focus on a variety of conversations that certainly impact on the property environment. And for you to make sure that you're up to date on these conversations, do be sure to subscribe and share this show on your social media channels using the hashtag Progressive Property people. Now, my name is Kukule Tumfupi and I have the uh, pleasure of being your host today. And in studio, I'm joined by Malcolm Horn. He's the group CEO of Brawl Property Group, as well as Elaine Wilson, Divisional Director of Brawl Property Intel, joining us to give us some insight into a new report compiled by Brawl, looking at online shopping trends. And later, we'll also be engaging with uh, one of the leaders within re-online sales in South Africa, and that is Andrew Smith, the Chief Executive and Co-Founder of Yappy Chef. Elaine, and Malcolm, great to have you, and thanks for joining us here today. Thanks, it's great being here, Gugu. We've Thank got you, the benefit of video, so they can tell that you're both in matching attire. I didn't get the memo this morning, but oh, still part of the we'll family catch you nonetheless. Next time, eh? Fantastic. I'm already intrigued by this online report, uh, and some of the detail actually reveals that by the year 2020, one in four people will actually drive their purchases from online sales. But before we get to online, Elaine, we need to start with the internet, because that's essentially the key enabler in order to provide access to online stores and enable these kind of transactions. So over the years, I guess the higher the levels of internet penetration have actually led to uh, an increase in substantial online sales in, in South Africa specifically. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, if you look at the, the growth of the, the number of internet users, not only in South Africa, right through Africa, um, you can see it it's, has been growing over the years. Um, I mean, in sub-Saharan Africa, you see more and more um, people use the internet and, and, and also the um, smartphones mm -hmm. to do their business online. Um, and then, I mean, if you, if you look at America, um, they also, they about 44% of the population at this stage of the game use the internet to do shopping with. Uh, but not only the internet, they go to shops as well. Sure. 44% of the population, that's a huge yes. number. Yeah, they reckon by uh, 2025, 73 million people in America would use the omni-channel omni as um, uh, for shopping purposes. Omnichannel for the purposes of our listeners who might not be familiar with that term just yet, what is that? Well, mean? it's basically like um, using brick and mortar as well as the um, uh, the internet for or the online for shopping. Mm -hmm. uh, well, touch it's like think of us. I mean, we use our cell phones to research things. We use internet to actually access information and data so that we can make informed decisions and that's what people are doing and I think you know we've got the privilege of traveling across the continent and yeah. obviously in SA as well but more and more you can see the generational shift of people going for data big data information and making informed decisions so the basis of I think where online retail is going is very strongly laid mm. in a lot of these markets. I'm glad you touched on that because that's also quite an interesting part of the trends that the two of you as leaders within the industry have been able to monitor, right? And just exactly how retailers have been responding to that. Because before, you just want the best kind of positioning within a large retail uh, space um, in order to actually drive an increased foot traffic. But that's also been changing yeah. in terms of mandate lately. Yeah, but I also say, you know what, retail is about the love to buy something and yes. the love to do something. So it's also that experience. And I think um, where the connectivity lies is the fact that um, it's still emotive. So um, data, emotive, bricks and mortar, online, those things are also interconnected. Um, and that's what we're seeing, the interconnectedness 
of uh, online versus bricks and mortar shopping. That says something very important, right? Because so often we think that you need to have one or the other uh, and in terms that actually hasn't proven to work quite successfully. But it also primarily speaks to the experience of the customer in terms of the various environments that they interact with. And that's another element that comes out in terms of the report uh, being the customer centricity, the customer finding ease of access to both these particular platforms. Elaine, share some insight then. Malcolm, feel free to tell us what you've seen in terms of how retailers are responding to this as well. Well, I, I think, you know, there was there was a time period where you either did online or you did brick and mortar. I mean, Yappie Chef is a good example of that. Um, they were purely an online uh, online retail uh, retailer and then eventually they decided to go brick and mortar as well because people do still like the brick and mortar experience. I think a few years ago there was a lot of people that said that brick and mortar is going to die. Uh, we see now today is retailers more and more adapt to having both the omni-channel, the, 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 the brick and mortar as well as the, uh, the, the online experience. So you'll get people like buy online, get in store, you know, click and collect, that type of thing. So, um, and I think that, that is where people, uh, that retailers are looking at, they must not only focus on, on omni-channel, they have to focus on the omni-shopper uh, as well. Um, I mean, we've seen in, in, in South Africa more and more of the older generation is starting to, to uh, I mean, myself. I mean, the other day I made my first online shop. Oh, I really? Was so proud of the myself. The other day, Elaine? <laughs> yes, I mean, and I, I, I told uh, my, my team, you know, I did my first online uh, shop and they were so proud of me because they're experts in that, you know. Awesome. So, but do you see more and more, more uh, older people, they... They're more, more happy to, to do the online, but they still like to go to the shop as well. Yeah, but I think also, you know, if you look at a company like Take-A-Lot, so that the converse of that argument is if you look at the infrastructure that they built, the expansion of the companies, and there are a few of those, um, and out of their warehousing, you might get 10,000 boxes being delivered an hour. Um, so, you know, you've got to also put it all into a context of it is happening. How are you going to embrace it? Or are you not going to embrace it? You know, they... There's sophistication behind it of um, call center agents that are sitting and taking calls and analyzing data and knowing who's buying what and pushing product to them. So, so you've, got the, you've got the one extreme and then you've got the other extreme of saying, hey, come to our shops and have this great experience and we can – and you need to fall in love with the product and with the brands. And I think that's the – that's the big challenge. Can we bridge that gap? Yeah. The products and the brands and even the process, because mm. I'm imagining for retailers, the frustration was, okay, but then where do I pump my capital investment into? Mm. Uh, expansion of some of my already established bricks and mortar establishments, or then do I pump it into core centers? Mm. Do I talk about warehousing? Never mind the logistical drama that we face in South Africa as yeah, well. I think logistics have improved a lot. So really? I think, that, I think that, that's, the guys are getting that act together. But also I think as a shopper, you know, I'm just talking for my, my wife's the pro shopper. I'm just the, the listener. The pro player. Um, yes. No, no, she has herself. It's empowered. Um, so, so if you can go onto a channel, and some of the guys are doing it, they're cross-shopping. So so Mr. Price, for example, you can go cross brands and shop. So you don't have to go to multiple portals to shop. And I think more and more we can become sophisticated in that area, and it's going to be easier to shop. Um, and that's a risk. So so the real risk lies therein, the sophistication of the online platforms mm. versus the um, probably disparate information sitting in retail and and maybe retail traditional retail landlords not having sight of the real data and 
strategizing around those dynamics. Makes sense. And that data is going to be really valuable in the future, right? In Critical. terms of uh, the, the analysis and information that it's able to share with you. Uh, before we go into data, I do want to come back to this element of customer centricity because yeah, the both sure, of you have touched important. on it. And as a customer uh, and consumer and a pro shopper myself, perhaps <laughs> I, I love the ease of access and the use, including of some of the companies that you've mentioned. But as someone who is an observer of what's happening in the property space, I'd be sitting there as a retailer thinking, these customers are complex creatures mm. because you're researching Absolutely. online, you're mm. going to take a lot to purchase tech goods, you are keen to buy groceries online, so you'll research the price, but then you still want to come in store to actually touch the fruits and vegetables, Correct. monitor what the meat looks like, mm. and then actually make your, your purchase. That throws a spanner into the works, or is this something as well that has been an interesting trend uh, to monitor in terms of the report and how retailers are responding? So it's a journey. It's again a journey of getting customers used to research online. Yes. But I, but I still think as a shopper, you still want to go and have that experience. There's still that human element that I want to go to whoever or, or feel the yes. apple or see the apple that I want to eat and buy, and not only apples, but I mean. So I think there are some some sectors that are probably more prone to online being more successful and, and a higher hit rate. But I think others will always have the the definite thing that my wife wants to go into a shopping center and have a look and feel what she's going to buy. Experience, you clearly mentioned augmented reality. Is that another <laughs> element of experience maybe for online shoppers <laughs> in the future? Absolutely. And it's going to happen. Yeah. So I think we might need to get used to it, mm. but that's the trick. It's a complex creature, a shopper. And I think it's... Um, it's all about the sophistication of what we're doing in shopping centers, but don't underestimate the sophistication of the online platforms pushing product that you want to you on a, on a mobile, um, enticing you just to click and say, this is what I want, mm. versus going into a shopping center. But it's also uh, important for retailers to, to know their customers. Um, I mean, you get your different types of customers. Um, I can tell you now, one of my team members is a serial returner. You know, order online, every size in or every color in that and then start returning it Jeez. so we call her on run a, a, a compulsive returner she just returns everything that she doesn't want so you do have that type of shopper so you need to know what type of shoppers is actually utilizing your pro, uh, your products in order to to decide online brick and mortar and how you can integrate it too and would this apply across generations as well in terms of your customer base, regardless of their age and in terms of background yes. that they might be coming from, uh, really getting to understand some of those nuances? Mm, correct, yes. Um, I mean, is, as I said uh, earlier, you know, you get um, the, the older generation is getting more and more comfortable with, with, with online itself, where the younger generation is, is actually, it's not growing as much in the younger generation because they're more used to, um, you know, the, the, what's happening in the, in, in the online sector, um, you know, the secure of data, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. So they're a bit more weary. The, the older generation just go, you know, I want that. Let's go and look in the shop. Or they go to the shop itself and see the price of that equipment there and go like, um, let's see where, where else is, if we can find it cheaper. So everything happens online, in-store, no, I, I also think younger generations are more social creatures. So, you know, I'm a 16-year-old, I'm at home, and I actually won't mind going to the shopping center away from mom and dad with my mates, um, trying on clothes, doing whatever I'm going to do in a retail mm. environment. That's the social engagement. So 
Um, I think we mustn't underestimate that. I think there's the escapism to want to get out, the want to experience, and that's the opportunity for retail mm. is to make sure that they can fulfill that need. And I think the retailers are looking at that as well, and they're combining the two channels, but the brick-and-mortar shop is still uh, key to their success. And that says a lot because it does speak to these new acronyms, acronyms excuse me, that have come through <laughs> across in the report. Boris and Bocus, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> buy online and return in store or buy online and uh, collect in store. And that, I must say, provides so much more ease and access, especially for uh, South African consumers who perhaps don't have the time to be at home to collect deliveries or follow through with any returns that's taking place. Correct. But that's taken a while to be adopted within the South African environment, Correct. right, Elaine? Correct. 100% correct. As I say, the serial returner. Yes. I mean, you need that because you do get people that, you know, they see it online. They think, oh, you know, that's nice. And I'm going to take this color and this size and whatever. Um, and then fit it and, you know, it doesn't really look good. So I'll just want to return it. But you don't want to return it now via post or whatever. You would like to go to the shop and return it there. You know, so... Yes, they, they, people have to adapt to all the different Boruses and Boppers and all that. So how do we convert those guys into shoppers? That's the key. Yes. So even mm. if they're going to bring it back, is that experience in retail great? Do they feel that gold credit card waiting and itching just to be used because they haven't yet done it online? Can we convert them in retail mm. shopping centers to then spend the money while they're there? And that's the trick. But that's that's the thing with, with, with buy online, return in shop. Um, some of the research that's out there, they found that uh, most of the people, when they buy online and return in shop, they might walk around and see, oh, I haven't seen this online. You know, let's purchase that. So, um, in, you know, so so it it tracked shoppers in that way as well. But, but also, Kuka, I think the other thing is, and I'm just referring it to to my wife once again. Sure. Um, so product choice. So if you look at where. What shop? Where where are people buying? Are they buying mm -hmm. local product that's available? Are they maybe seeing something at Zara that's only available somewhere else, um, and doing it that? So, so I think it's, it's it's a complex dynamic as well of what people are buying online, mm -hmm. and I think that data that's being analysed to see my wife she likes going shopping and doing her thing here, but something she can't find here she might go online and actually get in because there's so many good deals, free deliveries, returns. Yes. So it's very enticing. And um, that's, I think, also happening to a large extent. But it, but it doesn't mean maybe that the spend is out of the market. She will still go and buy at the shopping center. So I think there, it's a very complex, dynamic, changing environment that everyone's trying to get used mm. to. And it takes us back to that theme of that complex customer that we talk about. And as a retailer, I'd question myself as to, okay, where do I need to prioritize stock? More for online stores or perhaps purchases inside the store that need to take place? Um, and even managing what kind of customer I want to attract to make sure that as they return a good, they're picking up another one. Um, um, are retailers finding interesting ways in order to capture um, South African customers in that way? Well, we've seen in, in, in some uh, cases, uh, especially internationally, you, you get like, the big department stores that's got a, a very good online presence that they're starting to reduce the styles of their, their shops, okay, because, um, you know, the, they will reduce the size of the shop, they will maybe have lockers there where people can pick up, um, mm -hmm. you know, the stuff that they purchase online. So, yes, it, it changed the whole online Seen has changed the dynamics of, of retailers thinking and of shopping centers and sizes of stores. Mm -hmm. but, it's, but it's also the experience of the online. So, so um, you, you possibly buy something that's not available in a shop locally. Um, you, you might battle to get it because 
how do you vet who you're buying from? Mm. What is the online channel that you're using? So, so there might be frustration in getting the product and returning the product. Um, that's good for shopping centers because next time I'm going to, am I going to journey that journey or I'm going to go local and I'm going to go retail mm. um, into a shopping center? So I think once again, you've got to look at all the detail. The devil lies in the detail. Um, and I still think there's a great opportunity for the retailers in SA to position themselves to entice customers into the retail environment as well as living with an omni-channel kind of environment at the same time. Makes sense. But but now you've, you've got another dynamic with the, um, you know, if you purchase something that is not available in South Africa um, and you have to wait for it to be shipped here, you've got the new nice coronavirus um, yeah. doing that that is influencing the whole uh, import and export trade. Uh, I mean, stuff that you normally, normally have to wait for a week. Some now it takes up to 30 days exactly. because it's delaying everything. So um, there, there is, in, in, in the market, um, there's uh, market uh, commentators that will say that um, the coronavirus is going to be good for online um, shopping, okay, because people don't want to go out and where crowds are. Mm. And then there's another uh, bunch of analysts that say, no, it is not going to be good for online shopping because of the logistics behind it, stuff that comes from overseas. You know, that is where. So do we really know what's going to happen? Oof, that's a tough one, and I'm hoping that we can expect <clears throat> Excuse me, expand on it slightly uh, in terms of understanding the impact because for, as you say correctly, so that for many companies in South Africa, they do actually import quite a bit uh, from the Chinese market. Uh, and that throws another spanner into the works in terms of what we're seeing from the report uh, that our local retailers, we've mentioned Mr. Price, um, Checkers is also getting it right from what I understand, yeah. but Zara and H&M. They are one of those international brands as well who might have an online presence but haven't really facilitated uh, online purchases to take place as they're still looking for that foot traffic in their stores. Great. What do they need to do right here, especially given that we're in this environment and climate where the coronavirus is a reality that we're living with? Well, well you see, the, the thing is with the international retailers, their stock comes from overseas. Um, I mean, we've already seen, we've already seen with um, Pepco, okay, most of their stuff come from come from China, and the factories are closed. So they reckon by September they're going to start running out of stock. Um, I mean, so you know that is going to be very difficult. So is it an opportunity for us to increase our manufacturing and our clothing sector and textile mm. industry in South Africa? Maybe that's an opportunity, but it is going to have a tremendous effect. And, and you see it with international retailers as well, like H and M. You know, they they don't really have, uh, you can't buy anything online. Zara only came later in with the online experience that you can actually purchase online. Um, are they waiting to, to first have a foothold and get people to come and visit their stores before they go into the next session? Yeah. I think they're going to do it. They have to get it right. They have to get it right. Um, and and you, you're, you're really seeing it. The demand for new stores from retailers is limited. So the Zara's, the H&M's, the Cotton-On's, I think they're all looking very carefully at the physical footprint and they need to have a look at how they are going to get their turnover up and how they're going to reach more people. And the only way they can do that is to get the online right. Mm. But, I mean, if you look at H&M overseas, the online is beautiful. It's just in South Africa it's not. 
Well, then again, you mentioned the 44% of the population that actually purchases online. So scales and numbers work in their favor, but doesn't mean we don't want it in South Africa either. No, remember, it's all newbies. So newbies coming to our market, and what do they do? They've got to understand the market first. Sure. So I can understand that. Um, because they are great brands. Um, there's definitely a need for them and a place for them in our marketplace. Um and I would do the same thing. I think I'd understand the market first. I would want to test products. So they would probably by now know what product would go, what's going to be successful, customize. Because again, the success of online retail, I don't, I believe is more focused product offering mm. than just a shotgun approach. Um, and I think with a bit of research in their business units, they will be able to do that quite successfully. Makes a lot of sense. Well, we'll focus majority of our conversation really on uh, bricks and mortar stores who are transitioning to incorporate online and now drive omni-channel. But we've got an interesting case study of Yappy Chef, which actually did the opposite. From clicks to bricks is how you refer to it within the report. And we'll uh, hear from Andrew Smith in just a moment as to how they've actually adapted their environment and most importantly managed to find some success there.